And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. This morning, I want to continue from where I stopped last week. Our text, as you know, is taken from Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31. And I'm still here to present the cure, amen, to arrest what's happening in the land. Last week, we began speaking on the need for a human being to stand in the gap. Amen? And today I want to continue to talk about the need for a human being to stand in the gap. I want to briefly review for a minute or two what we covered last week. We covered a lot last week. But today there is something the Lord showed me I want to show you that I hadn't seen with respect to intercessory prayer. Amen? Our text is taken from Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31. It reads, And I sought for a man among them and that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. How many of you would agree we need somebody or we need a few human beings to stand in the gap? And make up the hedge for what's happening in the United States and around the world. Amen. Unfortunately, God said, the, the reason why I, I'm looking for a man or a woman to stand or a woman to stand in the gap is because I do not want to destroy the land. That is not my will. Praise God. And it doesn't take a lot to restrain potentially the destruction that's coming all i need is one human being to stand in the gap that's all one human being to stand in the gap but he said i found none let it not be so for us today verse 31 continues therefore because there was nobody found in the gap therefore god said have i poured out my indignation upon them I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. And every time I read that, I always like to say thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus took the punishment for our sins. We looked at it on Tuesday. The Bible says in 1 John 2 that he's the propitiation for our sins, but not for our sins only, but for the sins of the end entire world so jesus is the appeasement the satisfaction of god when god bruised jesus isaiah 52 53 54 tells us that god was satisfied amen his anger his wrath poured out on jesus christ thank god for jesus thank god for jesus second corinthians 5 21 says he made him who knew no sin God made Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be what? Sin for us. Jesus was not just acquainted with sin. Jesus became sin. Isn't that something? Became sin for us. Why? That we should become the righteousness of God. Not on our own, but in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is saying here in the Old Testament, there is a gap, there is a breach in the wall. And wall here means the spiritual protection that surrounds the nation of Israel. How many of you know that people's behavior, because the Bible says that we are laborers together with God, you have a part, God has a part to play. Amen? Well... Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Let me say it again. You have a part and I have a part. That was the problem with the church in Laodicea. They were lukewarm. Lukewarm. They were not hot. Neither were they cold. Just comfortable. Like we are today. 
And as I go through the reason why God needed a man or a woman understanding the world, brothers and sisters, you will see many of the things that were happening in the nation of Israel back then parallels many of the things that's happening in our nation today. We are going to investigate and see why there is a need why God told Ezekiel, I am looking for somebody. And I put it to you this morning, brothers and sisters, let us make ourselves available because God is still looking. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, don't turn there. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. You can go ahead and put it on the uh, Second Chronicles 16, 9. God is still looking. He's engaged in a, deliberate, in a deliberate search. Looking, looking for a woman, a woman looking for a man. To make himself what? To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Anybody's heart is perfect towards the Lord? Yeah. Amen. Perfect here just means brothers and sisters, it means to love the Lord. Amen. In the Old Testament, it doesn't mean mature here. It means just somebody who loves the Lord. Genuinely. Not somebody who says so, but somebody whose actions show that they love the Lord. The Bible says, if you love me, what must you do? Keep my commandment. So you don't say you love him and you break every commandment. Something is wrong with that picture. <laughs> So somebody who just loves the Lord and uh, so thankful for Jesus Christ. So thankful that they, that they are now in Christ and not on the way to a uh, lost eternity. Amen. Just thank you Jesus. The Bible says God is looking for those kind of people to make himself strong. Oh blessed be the name of Jesus. That's what Hananiah told Asa. Asa behaved stupidly and Hananiah the seer of the Lord came to him and said all God is looking for is just for one human being to make himself strong in. <laughs> you don't need the alliance you're looking for. Let me say that again. You don't need the alliance you're looking for because one with God is a majority. Amen. Asa thought he had to, be, he had to form an alliance with the other nations. Mm, to avert and restrain evil no all you need is god oh hallelujah all you need is you get in the zone and you pray i'm going to show you how daniel prayed how nehemiah prayed and i'm going to show you why their prayer was successful there is a type of prayer that god answers immediately <laughs> many of us talk about standing in the gap and praying but brother there is a type of prayer a type of intercessory prayer I'll show you how Daniel prayed I'll show you how Nehemiah prayed and that is what God is looking for it doesn't matter how much you say you stand in the gap if you haven't prayed the way Daniel and Nehemiah prayed you have not I have not stood in the gap <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus hallelujah are you getting what I'm saying saints there is a way to pray to qualify means to stand in the gap not everybody who pray 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 stands in the gap most of our prayers gimme gimme because my name is Jimmy that is not standing in the gap Oh, glory be to God is looking for people who will shelve their agenda, who will fill what he fills. Ah, anyhow, glory be to Jesus. So, what does it mean to make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the Lord? God said, Look, He said, um, uh, We said last week, quickly, I gotta move on. We said, Make up the hedge. The word hedge means to block off, to shut in like a fence. And what God was telling Ezekiel, hey, the nation of Israel is no longer shut in like a fence. They are no longer blocked off from evil because of what's happening in Israel. And I'll show you why in a while. It also means, and we said the word hedge was borrowed from Job chapter 1 when the devil tell, told God, you've hedged Job around. 
You've heard them. You pro- there is a, and don't forget what we said last week. We said the devil is talking about a spiritual reality, but it cannot be seen with the physical eye. It is for real that God has his children protected. You and I cannot see it, but the devil sees it. The demon sees it. Oh, they see it. And here he's telling God, hey, you have him blocked off. Not only him, his entire family. So I can't touch him. That's why, that's why when the coronavirus pandemic, so to speak, broke out, I kept saying, can't touch this. Just zut zut. Can't touch this. This is God's property. Can't touch this. And I believe it with this. I believe it with every cell in my body. Every fiber in my body is boiling. Can't touch this. I'm God's property. Now I'll wash my hands, I'll wear my mask, I'll do what I have to do. But I just know that my help comes from the Lord. (laughs) Oh, glory be to God. Since it's time we Christians come out and start affirming our dependence on God's protection. And I'm not going to stop saying it. Oh, glory be to God. I'm not going to back off on that. Anyhow, let me move on. So we said that the word, it, it, the word here, hedge means to, and listen, it means to restrain. Mm, it means what? To restrain. Also, so the, the devil is telling God, look, I am, something is restraining me from attacking Job and his family. That hedge you have around him is restraining me. He said, that hedge has me locked down. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Mm. I'm going to run ahead. I need to. The New Testament, the New Testament counterpart for that word hedge and gap is found in 2 Thessalonians chapters 2, verse 6 and 7. Let's go quickly. Old Testament, but I want to show you the New Testament counterpart so we can understand what it means. Amen. You got it? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. It says here, And now ye know, Paul is speaking to the saints in Thessalonica, and he's speaking about the end time. Amen? He's speaking about the end time, about the Antichrist. What's going to happen? He's telling them the Antichrist is going to be manifested, but not now. Amen? He said, you know, that what withholdeth that word withholdeth is the same word as restrain he said now you know what we what or who restrains that he might be revealed in his time he's saying there is something that's restraining the antichrist there is something that's keeping him away there is something that's hedging him off there is something that has him blocked out so much so he cannot reveal himself now same word here he continues in verse 7 for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth this is the same word i forgot how to pronounce it in the greek but it's the same greek word it means to withhold restrain letteth here so he's saying here for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let the one who is restraining is being restrained until he be taken out of the way and brothers and sisters what he's talking about here here as we read this is what paul is telling the sins in thessalonica the man of sin who is the devil the antichrist is withheld he's held down he's restrained he's suppressed until the proper time the question then is what or who withholds restrains hold down or suppresses the antichrist answer is and yet listen to the answer the answer is the presence of god through the indwelling power of the holy spirit that is present in every believer 
<laughs> Glory be to God. That's what's preventing evil, the manifestation of evil, as the devil would want it. It is the presence of God. The problem is the presence of God in a... Oh, Lord, help me. Uh, glory be to God. I'm trying to make a point here. The problem is some of us are so lukewarm, there seems to be no presence of God. Therefore, there is a gap. <laughs> <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus <laughs> hallelujah I, I'm, I'm going to make it clearer in a while amen so, so the presence of God what is withholding the manifestation of the antichrist it is the presence of God through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that is present in every believer brothers and sisters the day the church leaves the antichrist is free as soon as he leaves as soon as we leave, he's going to manifest on the scene. Who, who's restraining him? The power that's in you and I. The power that's in you and I. Are you with me, saints? So, what does it mean to make up the heads? Let me see if I can put that, go back to the Old Testament. It means, it means, it means it's referring to the abiding presence of God through, listen, through effectual, fervent, intercessory prayer which restrains evil. That's what Ezekiel, God is telling Ezekiel. I'm looking for people who will pray fervently, whose prayer is effective, who can stand on the behalf of the nation of Israel. Somebody who has power with me. I'm about to explain what I mean by somebody who has power with me. Amen in a while. But until then, you bear with me. You bear with me. He said to Ezekiel, there is a breach in the gap or in the hedge that's around the nation. Israel was no longer fenced off like Job. No longer blocked off for protection like Job. So he said, I'm looking for somebody who's praise effectual. Somebody who's praise servant. Because that's the kind of prayer that works, that produces results. Let me show you how important the presence of God is. Uh, Jacob and his 12 sons and his one daughter Dinah they were in the land of the Hevites Shechem whose, uh, whose father is Hamor H-A-M-O-R I hope I pronounced it right Amen. Uh, his, his son Shechem fell in love with Dinah but before he asked her for a hand in marriage he raped her and so well they came and they said well he said dad I need you to go to tell Jacob I, I, you know I loved her so he went and Jacob's son tell him well it's our custom for you to circumcise if you're going to be you know part of the Israelites well uh, Simeon and Levi who's, uh, who's Dinah's brothers same mother as soon as the men, the Shechemites, not Shechem, the Hevites, sorry. Shechem was the son of the leader. As soon as the Hevites got circumcised, the third day, look, look what he did. Genesis chapter 34 verse 25. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 20. I'm trying to show you the importance of the having the presence of God. Up, and let me say operational. <laughs> operational in your life. It says here, you got it, Genesis chapter 34, verse 25. What it says here, and it came to pass on the third day after they were circumcised. It took about, it took a couple weeks for everybody to get healed, amen? <laughs> after all the men in the city were circumcised. On the third day, that's when they really began to hurt. And the Bible says, they, they knew that. The, the, the Israelites know that because they've been doing that all their lives. So the Bible says they, they were sore, the men, the Hevites, they were sore. When they were sore, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. Simeon and Levi murdered all the males in that particular city. How many of you know that's just wrong? That's just outright. Some of you are saying, well, since it's just outright wrong. You know, you know, you know, for some, you, you know what's the problem? I, I have found out for some of us Christians, just because, just because some people are not Christians, we seem to have no compassion. Killing is killing, period. Because the Bible, God says, all souls are minds. The Bible said, God died for. 
Oh, the seven and the unsaved. So I'm saying here, this is wrong. You, look how his father responded. And so, uh, verse 26 says, And they slew Hamal, that's uh, Shechem, his son with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah. They took the sister from her husband's house. And not only, not only did they do that, they spoiled the city. They took all the gold, all the silver. <laughs> they murdered all the mills. Look, let's look at Jacob's response, their father. Jacob in Genesis chapter 30. Go to verse 30, verse 30, 27, just three verses. Man, I got so much to cover. I'm talking so fast. Sorry about that. Genesis chapter 30, 34, verse 30. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me. To make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land. He said, and among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. He said, and I been few in number. He said, we are just a small clan against the entire nation of the Hevites, the Canaanites. He said, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me and he's referring to him and his sons and I shall be destroyed I and my house Jacob is not talking like a Christian well, <laughs> uh, glory be to God amen you know you know sometimes we think that uh, Abraham Jacob Isaac they were so godly <laughs> Yeah, we think they were, oh, the holy fathers. Look at the mistakes these men made. Abraham told his wife to lie and say, you're my sister. And his son Isaac learned from dad. He did the very same thing. Since what I'm trying to say is never take your eyes out of God, off God. Never take your eyes off God. Amen. It's because of God and only God. Praise God. So we, so we see here Jacob's reaction is one of helplessness. Mm? It's one of what? The man is prophesying what's going to happen to him and his family. Now I know what the sons did were wrong. But notice what happened. God told him, well, it's time now to leave Canaan. Go back to Bethel. See what and I'm, I'm talking about. Don't you lose what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to show you the importance of the fear of God restraining evil. Jacob said evil is coming. Didn't he say that? He said they're going to slay me. But listen to what, what's happening. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 35 verse 5. Just a few verses over. Genesis 35 5. As they journeyed back to Bethel you got it as they journeyed what happened the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob the terror I'm talking about the presence of God paralyzed an entire nation to bring protection to his chosen people. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. I'm Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? I'm That's what God is saying that was lacking in Israel. He said, oh, Basata. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's saying there is a gap because my presence is not the way it used to be in the nation. <laughs> oh glory be to God what you need is my presence Moses know about the presence Moses told God Moses told God if you don't go with me I'm not going <laughs> Moses told God if you do not go up there with me forget about it this is what he told God let's just look at it quickly I, I have to jump over so many uh, so much I have he says here in Exodus chapter 33 Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 to 16 what happened was they made a calf God got mad God said I'm going to take them out Moses stood in the gap and Moses God told Moses now I'm not coming because if I come there'll be a huge grave graveyard so I'm going to send my angel ahead of you Moses said I heard what you said about the angel <laughs> but I want you because where am I going? There are some 
Canaanites. There are some Hevites. They are the sons of Heth. There are some giants in the land. Now, Lord, I heard you talk about an angel, but I'm talking about your presence, which restrains evil. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Oh, praise God. I know. Thank you for the angel, God. Amen. That's what he's saying. Glory be to God. And so the only way, the only way, evil, they're evil against. Moses is telling God, the only way the nation's evil against us can be restrained is if you go with us. Just go with us, please. You got it? Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. He says, and he said, my presence shall go with you. And I will give you what? How many of you know that's, that's what always happens? When the presence of God is there, you rest. Amen? You rest at peace. I'm, I was told of, a, of an evangelist who went across the seas to minister. And where he was there, the presence of evil was so great. And he said, he said he came into his room. And when he came into his hotel room, his bed moved from one side to the other. And so he said, he went to replace the bed. And the Holy Spirit tell him, did you move the bed? And he said, no, I didn't. He said, the Holy Spirit said, so what business have you put in the bed back? So the evangelist said, devil, in the name of Jesus. Before he said Jesus, the bed came right back where it was. <laughs> I'm talking about the presence of God. <laughs> oh hallelujah this old, I love these stories the man said before he, before he opened his mouth and said Jesus the bed came right back where it was I tell you we got something that we Christians do not know about if we knew what we have we wouldn't be hollering like the unsaved hollers let me move along here let me move along let me just move along here let me move along and Matthew I'm not here criticizing anybody okay I'm not I'm just telling you where I am what I've done in my life Praise God. I can only give what I have. So, 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 um, which brings me to the question. I want to, because I said I would, I would said I would do that. Uh, why was God looking for a man or a woman to stand in the gap and make up the hedge? We don't have to go far. Let's see what was happening in Israel at the time. Now, before I do that, let me tell you this right here. You, can, you, you need to understand. We need to understand that God had set up a law with the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to 14 tells us all the blessings. Verse 15 to 68 tells us all the cursings. Are you with me? And so God, it is written. So because they sin, it's a law. They have to be punished. Are you with me? Jesus, I think it's, uh, it's in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. He, uh, it says, the soul that sinneth shall die. Are you with me? That's, that's the law. It is, how many of you know it's, when it's written, it's written? But all God is saying, I just need one man. <laughs> one woman to stand in the gap and they can change the nation. Even, even though it's written. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Even though it's written, just like humanity, all humanity was bound for hell. And one man, Jesus Christ came and he changed the course of humanity from hell to heaven and God is saying the same thing you and I can do if we stand in the gap we can change the course of this nation God is looking for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap and change the course of this nation through intercessory prayer. And I'm going to show you what I mean by intercessory prayer. Lord have mercy. I'm looking at the time here. Oh, Father, we thank you. So don't you forget, that's what's going on. They have to be punished. Because God had told them in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if they do what they're doing now, they would be punished. But God is so merciful. He's such a wonderful Savior. Amen. Don't forget, New Testament verse for what was happening is Romans 6.16. It says, knowing not to whom. Can you go to Romans 6.16? Romans chapter 6.16. One of my favorite verses. That verse has kept me straight all my life. Knowing not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. As a Christian, you have a choice. His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin, that's going to lead to what? And that was, that's what was happening. The nation of Israel knew better. I'm going to list some of the things that was going on in the society back then because it parallels a lot of what's happening to us now. Well, amen? 
So that's what they did. They were engaging that in, in ungodly behavior, sinful behavior. And the Bible says it leads to death. Well, <laughs> or you could obey and it leads to what? Righteousness. Amen. So this is what the Bible says was happening right here. Ezekiel chapter 22. In verse, can you go to Ezekiel 22, 9? Verse 9. In Ezekiel 22, 9. If you just help me, I have six things that was happening back then I want to bring to your attention. And then I'm going to show you how Daniel, and his, I have to cut it short. <laughs> I have to show you how Daniel and Nehemiah prayed so we can know how to pray to stand in the gap. Amen. So we are told here in verse 9. In thee, in Israel, are men that carry tails to shed blood. And in Israel, they eat up the mountains in the midst of you. In the midst of thee, they commit what? Lewdness. Lewdness means heinous crimes, mischief and wickedness. So there was bloodshed and idolatry rampant in Israel during that time. In, in Exodus chapter 2, 20, God said, what he said, he said, I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm, they forgot that. Mm, they started worshipping calves and, and goats. Mm. What else was going on? Can you go to verse uh, to 7? Verse 7 is... Verse 7, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 7, it says, In you, anytime you see thee, in Israel, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 7, In Israel have they set light. To set light means to curse or despise. They set light by father and mother. They despised and cursed mother and father. Do you see the similarities? The parallels? Mm? Father and mother, what else did they do? What else, what else did they do? In the midst of thee, they dealt by oppression with the stranger. What did they do? They dealt by oppression with the stranger. In other words, the foreigners. They oppressed the foreigners. It's right here. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I am not politically affiliated. I am not a politician. I am a Christian. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I'm a Christian. But I got to preach the word. The very same things they did to the foreigners is what's happening today. Well, I can preach the gospel from a pure conscience, but I got to say the truth. Let me leave that alone before some of you don't come back. Amen. Fathers and mothers were ignored. The numbers of widows increased and people were destroyed for profit. Let's move. Let's let, let me move on here. Let's go to verse 8. Verse 8. It says, You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbath. They violated the Lord's Sabbath. No regard. Mm. <laughs> verse 10. Verse 10 and 11. Quickly. I got to run. Verse 10. It says, In you, anytime you see in the, it means in Israel, in Israel have they discovered their father's nakedness. Now, if I read that in the Amplified, you'll say, Pastor, I shouldn't read that in church. So I'm going to keep it King James. Amen. In you have they discovered their father's nakedness. In you they have humbled her that was set apart for pollution. I am not going to read that in Amplified. That's not church. <laughs> Glory be to God. Leave it in King James. Let me jump over. When you go home, read it in the Amplified and listen to me. You're going to quench. When you understand what King James is trying. I love the Elizabethan language. It covers. Amen. <laughs> Can you go to verse 11? Verse 11 reads, And the one and one have committed abomination, abomination with his neighbor's wife. Nobody respects anybody's wife. And another hath lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law. And another in thee have humbled his sister, his father's daughter, with another mother. Well, let me move on here. I think some of you, some. <laughs> am I reading from? Am I reading from the Bible? I am, right? Okay. I got just two, and I'm done. I see some of you about. <laughs> See, Pastor, hang on, please. Verse twelve: In you have they taken gifts to shed blood. Deals behind doors. Thou hast taken usury and increased high interest rates to get rich. 
and thou hast greedily gained of your neighbors by extortion, and have forgotten me, saith the Lord. And lastly, which breaks my heart, verse 28, Exodus, sorry, um, Ezekiel 28. Can you jump over to verse 28? Breaks my heart. It says, and her prophets, her preachers, <laughs> have dubbed, dubbed men to plaster and overlay. Dubbed them with, that's metaphoric language, I'll explain that in a while. With a tempered mortar, whitewash, it means whitewash, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them. Saying, thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. Are you getting what I'm saying? Prophecies are going forth. God hasn't spoken. Let me tell you, whenever a prophecy comes, we got a standard to put it against, and that's God's word. And it's not of God's word, kick it off. You know what I'm saying? You, you take it because that's the standard. The Bible says in, 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 in Psalms 138 verse 2, it says, I have magnified my word above all my name. Are you with me? Above God's word is above your vagina, Shama. It's above because what good is your word? What good is your name if you cannot keep your word? So God said, I've magnified my word above my name. It's the standard. Are you with me, saints? It's the word standard. And everything you hear, you compare it to this. And if it's not in accordance with God's word, you dump it so quick. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. Anyhow. Glory be to God. So when God says, when God says, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap, I'm going to show you what God means. I need you to understand that because it's so important. It's going to change your prayer life. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Daniel is a, always a reader. He began reading. Uh, he began studying the books, the scrolls. And uh, the, he was, uh, the, Jeremiah had prophesied that in Babylon they would spend 70 years. The 70 year period was approaching and he began asking God for direction. And so he went to God and notice what he said. He said in verse 2, Daniel chapter 9 verse 2, he says, In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books. He understood what Jeremiah said. Amen. By the books, the number of years whereof the, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet that he would establish for 70 years. Amen. Verse 3, he began to pray. Look at the prayer of an intercessor. Be very careful now. This is where the rubber hits the road. He said, and I set my face. You got verse 3? And I set my face unto the Lord to speak by prayer and supplication. And what? Fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And here it comes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said, listen, listen how he's saying, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, Keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him. Unto them that keep his commandments. Here it comes. Who, who has sinned? Was Daniel a sinner? <laughs> Let us hear what, hold on. Let us hear what the Bible says about Daniel. Let's see what the Bible says about Daniel. In Daniel, can you go to Daniel chapter 6? Daniel chapter 6, quickly. Daniel chapter 6 verse 4. Daniel was in, Daniel was in, he was serving the King Nebuchadnezzar. He was in the temple and listen to what they said. They're, they're trying to trap Daniel because they want to take him out. He's too influential. He doesn't bow to anybody. This is what they said. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the king. But they could find what? You got it? They, they could find none occasion, no fault. For as much as he was what? Faithful. Neither was there any error of fault found in him. A man, the Bible says there is no error of fault found in him. He's on his knees saying, we have sinned. <laughs> you see, when we pray, is they have sinned. Touch them, Lord. No, no, no. A real intercessor identifies with the people God wants to reach. Are you with me? And he includes himself. She includes herself into it. And it's not me and my faith and me and my God. It is we are in this together. <laughs> oh, that's the real intercessory prayer. When you can feel what God feels. When you can see what God sees. Are you getting me, saints? 
Many people have asked many intercessors. And listen to many intercessors pray. Not one time have I heard them said, we have sinned. Oh, Father, forgive America. They have committed this. They, they have committed this. They have committed that. Never, including themselves. They're so self-righteous. No, listen to me. Are you getting what, yeah, you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that really, listen, listen. I'm, I haven't finished. I haven't finished. I haven't finished. It's right here. It's right here. It says, he continue. He continues. He said in verse 5, can you go back to Daniel? Daniel chapter, what I said, Lord, have Nah, nine. He said, We have sinned and have committed what? Iniquity and have done. We did Daniel do that? No, he didn't do that. Daniel was serving in King Nebuchadnezzar's house. They couldn't find nothing wrong with his Christian walk. And yeah, he's saying, he said, Listen to me, we've sinned, committed iniquity, done wickedly. Notice what he said, and have rebelled. He's never rebelled. But he's representing a people. And he has a burden for his people. Are you with me? That is where you get a burden. That's where you feel God's heart. You get what I'm saying? People who pray, and I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, are you, we need to change the way we pray and stop calling ourselves intercessor until you can feel what and identify with people you are not an intercessor. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. Remember Jacob. You remember Jacob? Jacob came to God. Lord have mercy. And Jacob had he had misrepresented himself to his father. He came as Esau, a liar. He stole from his father, stole from his brother. He went to his uncle Laban, stole from them, and now he's wrestling in prayer. And God said, Who are you? And he, I love Jacob. He, I almost sad. He, he didn't cut corners. He said, my name is Jacob. I'm a liar. I am a thief. I am a robber. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? And God said, because you have taken responsibility for who you are. I'm going to make you a great nation. You know why we are not great? We cannot take responsibility. Let me tell you, <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, I found out the way to up is down. Oh, you hear me? Sure, yeah. L listen here, listen here, listen here. Verse 6 he reads, Neither have we hearkened, not there, we. Can you go to verse 10? Quickly, verse 10. Lord have mercy, you'll have me. He says, neither have we what? Never once he said they. That kind of prayer moves God. The Bible says, God didn't wait for the man to finish pray. In verse 10, can you go to verse 20? While I was yet speaking, while he was identifying with the people of his nation. Listen to me. This is what I'm saying. While he took their sins upon him. Like Jesus took the sins of the world upon him. Let me tell you, are you bold enough to do that? Are you bold enough to tell God we have sinned? Lord, it's me, it's me. It's me, Lord God. We've messed up. We've gotten so far from you. We've opened up a door. Coronavirus came out. Lord, what else coming? You, you realize everybody's saying something worse is coming down. We should not let that happen. We have the power to stop it. God is looking for you to stand in the gap. We are not helpless. We are just too comfortable. Too comfortable, too comfortable. <laughs> he said, God could not even wait for the man to finish praying. The Bible says in verse 20, and while I was speaking and praying, <laughs> ooh, God couldn't wait. And confessing, confessing what? The <laughs> Uh, and the sin of my people 
He said, and presenting my supplication before the Lord. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, God said to Gabriel, go ahead and do what he says. God said, oh my God, I've been looking for that kind of person for the longest while. I've been looking for a real intercessor. And I found one. Because of Daniel. Eh, let me move on. Let's move on to Nehemiah quickly. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah was serving as the king's cupbearer. Um, let me get a little water, baby. Uh, serving as the, as the king's cupbearer in Shushan, the palace. And... Uh, <laughs> and he heard what was happening in Jerusalem. You remember that? I know I don't have the time. I told you, I told you I got to break that down sometimes in bite-sized portion. I just don't have time. 45 minutes is, 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 not, is not fair. But it says here in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1 to 7, it says that Nehemiah asked Hananiah, Hananiah, what was going on in Jerusalem? Let's just read it. I'm trying to paraphrase it for time. Verse 2. That Hananiah, one of my brethren, came here and certain men of Judah and asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great what? affliction and reproach and the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burnt with fire here it comes you can know if somebody is an intercessor because how because of how they react when they hear bad news about God's business yeah you can know if you're an intercessor all of a sudden God, you're burdened with the same burden God has for God's things. Are you with me? And it, how it translates here, you see something needs to be done in the church and you're just burdened to do it. You, you, you see it, God told you, and you, some of you in the church, you know what should be done. You see what's lacking. But we are so slothful. Well, let me move along. It seems like I'm talking Greek. And he said, and it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down, he sat down and what? And wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the Lord. Now look at his prayer. Look at how he prays. Can you go, jump over to verse 6. Verse 6. I need you to get to verse 6 because we don't have time. Let thine ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins, listen to me, the sins of the children of Israel, which what? <laughs> we have sinned against you, both I and whom? My father's house. He was the king's cupbearer. He was not in Jerusalem sitting with the others. And he's saying, we have sinned. I and my fathers. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. A true intercessor, a true intercessor keeps his humanity close. You hear what I'm saying? A true intercessor, he or she keeps their humanity close. It keeps them grounded. And God loves that. That kind of prayer. It does that God, God is, is God is over that like, is that a right word to say? If I say uh, like gravy over what? Rice. No, no, no. Notice what he said. He said, he said, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very, he's saying we have dealt very corruptly against you and have not kept your commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which you commanded Moses. He's saying we. He was the king's cupbearer. He was not there. A true intercessor's prayer identifies unselfishly with God's people. His or her prayer identifies unselfishly with God's people. And I'm asking you here, those of us who are here today, if you've never included yourself in the sins of this nation, you have not stood in the gap. You've not interceded for the nation. You've been... <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, it, it takes a lot of God to refer to yourself as a sinner so you can represent people when you know you're not. <laughs> uh, because you see, what you're doing is what Jesus did for humanity. Mm, you're just following right after Jesus. When you behave like that, God says, here's another Jesus and it's rare. I cannot overlook that. And the Bible says, as soon as he prayed, God gave him favor with the king and the king released him. Immediately, there is a phrase in Nehemiah you cannot, you cannot overlook. I pray to the God of heaven. I pray to the God of heaven. I pray to the God of heaven. Every time he took everything to God in prayer. Can I just, just five minutes talk a little bit about prayer? A little bit about prayer. I'm telling those of us who are and those of you looking, your ministry is going to be birthed in prayer. You'll get God's burden in real prayer. God will share and apportion his burden with you. His direction. Are you with me? Because we see Jesus doing it all the time. We are just falling after Jesus and the apostles. Are you with me? It's in prayer. Learning to wait. Because brothers and sisters, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. This building was found in prayer. I remember in, two, in 2010. I, uh, 2010 Christian Heritage had a room where you could go. Uh, they, they had a big TV screen. And they were, they were, I think, they were connected with some other um, other church and they prayed at 12 noon every day for years they had a big tv and so you could see around the world where everybody was praying so i would come in there we didn't have a church we didn't have nothing i would come in there and i would tell the the custodian can you please open one of the rooms for me at the back from 10 to 12 every day and i think that he said yes so 10 to 12 every day for five years i would be down there praying and one day i was on my knees i said god this is not our building if you give me a building, I'll be in my own building for two hours minimum every day. Voila. Amen. Let me tell you, prayer. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, saints? Lord Jesus, I, I give you praise. Uh, and, and you hear me, you hear me very carefully. It's in prayer you meet God. And when you meet God, be honest with God. Be like Jacob. Be like Jacob. So God can say, God said, did, did you hear? Let me end on what God told Jacob and we are done. Lord have mercy. I have, ooh, look at the amount of stuff I'm looking over. I'm going to do, can, can I just tell you Jacob and tell you three more guys? Just, I promise you five minutes. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. You remember when God told Jacob right here in Genesis chapter, um, is it 29 or 30? When Jacob came from Laban's house and he was on his way home. Glory be to God. I think you, you, yeah, it's a very familiar portion of scripture. You got it? I think it's in Genesis chapter. Yes. Genesis chapter 32. 32 verse 20. And I promise after that. Two more and I'm done. Amen. Five minutes. I'll be done. You got it? Genesis chapter 32. 27 to 28. You got it? This is Jacob and the angel wrestling. After, his, after Jacob has lived a life of lies. Lies. Some, you, see, you see, in prayer, it's in prayer God brings you to yourself. It's in prayer you have to agree with God. Are you with me? One of the, one of the things I asked God once, I say, ask God, I said, God, can you show me me? And when he started, I said, stop. <laughs> I may have misspoke. <laughs> you hear me? And he said, he said, and he said unto him, this is the angel wrestling with Jacob. He said, what is your name? And Jacob could have, Jacob, uh, you know, as if God do not know Jacob's name. Yeah. Don't you think God knew Jacob's name? He said, what is your name? Some of us would say, God, what do you mean? <laughs> I love him. He just owned up. And he said, what? Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. You know what Jacob means? A liar. 
a trickster. That's, that's who I am. And the angel said, your name shall be called no more. Let me tell you, there is a, let me, share, let, let me share this with you. Let me share this with you carefully and you hear me very carefully. There is a metaphor in this particular text that you cannot miss. The Bible says after Jacob was done fighting, the angel smite him on his thigh. And he came out what? He came out walking differently. That's what happens when you meet God. <laughs> when you meet God in prayer. <laughs> oh, you are marked by God for ministry. And your work takes a different shape. <laughs> but you first, have, you first have to own up. And listen to what God, after, listen to what God said. He said, your name shall no be called Jacob. You shall no be called a liar, a trickster, a supplanter. But guess what? A prince. For now you have power with God and with men. Uh, you get what I'm saying, saints? That is what we need for the coronavirus. We are not helpless. I'm asking you if you're looking. <laughs> Oh, glory be to Jesus. We are not helpless. We got the presence of God. <laughs> we can unleash the presence of God and bring everlasting change. There can, be, there can be a reversal of the plague. Are you with me? God showed me how David, how, how David, how the, the Israel, a pestilence was destroying Israel. 70,000 men died and David came in the gap and he stopped it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Well, well. On the threshing floor of Onan, Onan. <laughs> and the Bible says, God told the angel, Stop! There is an intercessor! There is an intercessor! I found somebody in the gap! Reverse the pestilence! I'm sharing with you brothers and sisters we don't have to sit back and be ravished by the coronavirus we can fight back the plague can be reversed God has reversed numerous plagues don't sit back and do nothing the devil is a liar we need to come together let me breathe a little I am so convinced of what God shared with me, what God told me. He said, I'm looking for a few, not a lot, a few people to stand in the gap. That is a small thing for the Lord. The answer is not in a vaccine. Are you get me? When God's people come together, if my people who are called by my name, the land needs healing through intercessors. The land needs healing. Ah, God, we give you praise. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. 
Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.